welcome to the Catholic Cafe, where Catholic truth is served fresh daily. We've made you a reservation in the luxurious corner booth, so come on in and see what's on the menu today. Now, here's your host, Deacon Jeff Drzezemski. Greetings and welcome to the Catholic Cafe. I'm Deacon Jeff, sitting in the luxurious corner booth of the Catholic Cafe. And I've got Ziggy Rodriguez here with me. That's me. And we don't have Tom. We don't have Tom. It's kind of sad. Do you know where he is? I, well, I don't I, know. I saw him, a picture of him on the side of a milk carton, and that made oh. me concerned. <laughs> <laughs> he really likes milk, though. <laughs> Amazingly, he's only on, he requested, like when he went missing, he requested he only be on chocolate milk cartons. Because yes, he likes his chocolate he likes milk. chocolate. He likes Cocoa Krispies with chocolate milk. So that's like he's a chocolate guy. Anyway, we, we wish him well, and I'm sure he'll be back soon. Um, so we, we are, this is an interesting time for us because um, every year's a little different with, uh, different with when uh, Lent starts, when Easter falls, you know, in the six weeks, uh, six Sundays of Lent beforehand. 40 days and so you know this one it's like when you're hearing this if you're hearing this when it's meant to be heard uh it's right before lent lent hasn't started yet it's getting ready to start though so we're going to do an episode all about how to party for mardi gras is that yeah, right yeah yeah, yeah yeah <laughs> now now that's a different episode this episode uh you know in in uh i don't know i just think sometimes like lent for me has snuck up on me mm. like all of a sudden it's like I'm in Lent. Yeah, that's true. Right, and then and then I'm looking for like shows or topics or talks or writings about like how do I make this Lent count? Even though I'm like five weeks into it, Lent. and I really haven't done the Lenten thing. Lent comes at you fast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's the, the yeah, yeah right. So I'm calling this episode "Ready Set Lent." Yeah, I like it. I like <laughs> and, it. And the whole idea is that like, okay, if you're listening to this right now. You are able to prepare for Lent because it's before Lent. Yeah. So we're talking to you before Lent. And really, it's a, it, uh, you know, I just think there's some ways in which we can kind of prepare. Uh, and and uh, and so I, I started thinking, like, well, what are some things? Well, how can we prepare? I don't want to do a whole show on the preparation because I really want us to focus on the, the, the three key elements um, of, of Lenten practice. Um prayer, fasting, and almsgiving, right? Uh, but before we do that, I'm thinking, well, but w- w- how do we prepare to do those things? Well, I just want to say I love the racing imagery for Lent because right, you said it, Lent. Well, because then everyone after when Lent starts, everyone wants to go fast. That's right. <laughs> perfect. That, that's perfect. Yes. Okay. But we are going to hurry up and wait. Uh, that's what we're going to do here in this episode. So, uh, you know, so there's, uh, you know, there were a couple of quick things that came to mind sure. that I want to start with and, and uh, like how to prepare to prepare for Easter, mm-hmm. right? So how to prepare for Lent. Um, one is like to pre-read the scriptures. You know, we've heard these scriptures many times, but really, I mean, just start with the, the readings for Ash Wednesday, mm-hmm. right? The, the gospel of Matthew and, and how do you pray? You know, when you, when you pray, go into your room and pray quietly so that the left hand doesn't know what the right hand is doing. I mean, we've heard these many times, but sometimes when you read the scriptures outside of the context of mass, in other words, when they aren't read to you, right. you can sometimes with like a little little time, little effort, Lectio Divina, you can actually embrace them in a, in a deeper, more profound way. So it's one of the things you can do is just go on to any app. I mean, the, the one, of the, one of the great gifts of iPhone world 
or Android world, depending on who you are, uh, is that we have this availability, this digital uh, virtual availability to have the scriptures whenever, wherever, and however we want them. So just Google, what are the readings during Lent? You know, the Sundays of Lent, the weekdays. Uh, start reading some of those things. But and not with the Pirate Bible. No, not with the Pirate Bible, because that would probably... You, in fact, I think it's forbidden to use the Pirate Bible during Lent. I'm pretty, sh- I'm pretty is sure. That that, that's going to be your fast this year? Y- yes. That, that is definitely... Yeah, I'm, I'm going to fast from the Pirate Bible, because I'm telling you, I, I can't put that thing down. And, and I know that's wrong. I just... I, you know, and and I I I just I know it's wrong. So uh, <laughs> it was like in that uh, I knew it was wrong, but I did it anyway. <laughs> I know, I know. That's, is that a sin? I think it is probably. But I will say I'm just going to give a shout out uh, to Father Bill. Ooh. Father Bill is a retired priest. Uh, I love he signed it retired priest forever. Uh, he just he sent us a nice nice note after oh, uh, our last episode, uh, and we talked about the pirate Bible. So we Father did. Bill, and he actually wrote a little. Because we mentioned in the show that they didn't have the Deuterocanonical books, yeah, right. And I'm sure it was a, a, a one of our separated brothers, uh, sisters, whoever who did this project. So it was obviously the King James version. Uh, if it's good enough for Jesus, it's good enough for me, right? The King James version. Just kidding, Sam. It was not. It was a joke. And you're like going, really? Did Jesus have the King James? <laughs> um, but uh, he he actually wrote a little. He did a little uh, his own pirate verse for uh, one of his favorite uh, reading from uh, from wisdom. So you know, anyway, uh, a shout out to, to Father Bill. Thanks for listening. I'm glad you like the show, and uh, I'm glad you like the Pirate Bible because it's me and you. It's, I, I think we're the only ones. Anyway, other ways to prepare for Lent. One is like, uh, and when Tom's here, we are always saying go to confession. Yeah. Right. Clean house. Prepare your soul to receive fully. Yes. Right. And that's something that. Uh, a lot of people don't stop and think about, but like start Lent with confession. Yes. Maybe go uh, on. Uh, maybe go on on Fat Tuesday. Mm-hmm. I, Mardi Gras. I don't. You know, it's like a lot of people party, and well, maybe you should like party with Jesus. You know, in the confessional, mm-hmm. right? And so maybe uh, uh, c- confession before Lent is a nice way to start. Like we'll just call it with a clean slate. Well, that's a tradition, actually. Shrove Tuesday. Yeah. I think Shrove stands for uh, pardon or something like that. That it's not actually a Mardi Gras. Um, uh, reference. Yes, yes. So all that said, um, that's a good way to prepare. Uh, And also just something practical, and that is to make a plan. At least put, have a plan in your head, right? Like, so Mm -hmm. this, this Lent, I'm going to, you know, and then fill in the blank. I don't know what it is, whether you're like, a lot of people fall back on the, I'm going to give up something, right? And Mm -hmm. that's good. Uh, But just make a plan. Like, I'm going to try to make sure I go to uh, daily mass two times during the week, mm. right? I got six weeks to do this. I think I can do it, you know? Uh, so just, but make a plan. You can't judge or, uh, you know, weigh whether you were successful or not during Lent unless you have something to a standard. That's a great point. And I would say a couple of things related to that quickly. One, grace builds on nature, yeah. right? And so be, be where you are and look, and, 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 you know, if you don't go to daily mass at all, then yeah, going to to uh, two a week is great. If you're already going to two a week, add a third one. You know what I mean? Like work on where you are and, and invite grace into your life to take you uh, to take you farther, but in a way that's sustainable. Because the enemy, whatever you ultimately choose, the enemy's going to try and throw you off. I am going to go to to mass eight days a week. Right. I mean, yeah. we set these unreasonable goals sometimes. Yes. And then we fail the first week, and then we go like, yeah, that wasn't for me. Well, and the other thing is, uh, there's a line in, in scripture that means a lot to me, where it says, "God loves a cheerful giver." Right. And so if you if you set up for yourself. Um, 
you know, fasting or prayer practices or almsgiving practices that are that are just not manageable for you where yeah. you are, you're not going to be able to be a cheerful giver, you know. And our our yoke is easy. Our, 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 our Lord says, my yoke is easy, my burden light. He wants to take by his grace these burdens off of us. We give a, the gift of our will and say, Lord, I'm going to I'm going to make this commitment. But it's ultimately it's got to be by his grace yes. that that's bought, brought to fruition. And and. Honestly, if you don't have a spiritual director, having a meeting with your pastor or getting a spiritual director, it could be a great way to kind of manage stuff like this because, you know, having another set of eyes look at where you are and advise you on what you're doing, it it can be a huge help because a lot of times we're going to be more likely to go a little bit too far or a little bit too soft, whereas having a good set of eyes looking upon us and and someone with wisdom and judgment and training they can really uh, god can use that person you know that that's a great point about the spiritual director a lot of people struggle uh trying to find one or not sure what kind of you know a place you can start is just finding a catholic a friend that you think is a good catholic someone you you sense is a spiritual person just have coffee with them it doesn't mean they become your spiritual director they may not be qualified to be a spiritual director but again it's like a baby step you're moving you're having more conversations about spirituality, yeah, right. And if you do it over a cup of coffee, right, it's it's like it just it weaves into your life that way. So that's that's a great point about. And then ultimately, you're going to find hopefully a spiritual director, yeah, right. That that you can then really delve deep and and you can sort of reveal yourself to them and have a good relationship. Uh, and that's a very positive thing. So another thing is like there's a lot of people, including me, who have spent many Lents in the past where I felt like it didn't work. It didn't mm-hmm. really make me, didn't move me any closer. I still enjoyed Easter, but I really didn't really feel like Lent was a very spiritual a time for me. Uh, and and I'm going to say this. Uh, Sometimes it's like I realized in my own life it's because I really didn't trust God enough. Mm. And I think that maybe this year, if you start by making a plan and just like rather than try to trust yourself, just trust God that this year, that this year, this Lent will be different. Well, and Christ wants Easter is the victory of Christ, right? You know, we're celebrating the victory of Christ, resurrection from the tomb. And really, the, the victory can begin during the course of Lent with his victory in us and through us in terms of guiding us by his grace to success with our Lenten sacrifices. And honestly, that's what it should feel like. Like, you know, when our Lord talks about in the in the Sermon on the Mount, he doesn't want you to, to be looking sad when you're fasting. You right. know, he wants you to be looking good, looking happy. He, he, as we said before, he loves a cheerful giver. And in my experience, when I've had a good Lent, and you know, it feels like a victory. It's like I've given up this thing. And it's becoming easier, and I'm knowing it's becoming easier. I'm recognizing that, yeah. and I know it's because of grace, and I know that God's working in my life, and I know there's value and there's power to what he's doing, and that's what Lent is all about. It actually needs to be a time of joy. We don't associate it with joy, right. but God loves a cheerful giver. He wants there to be a joy. A desire. A desire, yes, yeah, to grow in to these grace. ways. Yes. Yeah, 100%. And, and then the other thing I'll, I'll, I'll mention, and I think it's important, is um, if you're going to be Catholic, be, be uber Catholic. And, and you know, we Catholics <laughs> love, uh, we, we love our saints, right? And uh, so, so strike up a relationship. Ask the saints for assistance. And there's always, I mean, I just consecrated myself to St. Joseph. That was awesome. Uh, and so I have a special relationship with Joseph. But then uh, also there's always St. Mary. And one of the things I, I tell people a lot, it's, you know, 
when we're reaching out to saints, I, I sometimes picture like the saints in heaven sitting at like this big, uh, like it's a telethon, and they're all sitting in front of telephones. And like then, when you have a need, you 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 call up, right? You dial right. the number, and then like, and and I see like Saint Mary, Saint Joseph, Saint Peter, uh, Saint some of these saints, their phones are constantly ringing off the hook. But there's also these sort of obscure saints that we many of us have never heard of, like Saint Dominator. That's a cool name. Oh uh, yeah, I think I'd, that'd be a cool one, Dominator. <laughs> Do- oh. That would have been a good game. Dominator Draczynski. Is oh yeah, that would have been nice. Kid, right? uh, <laughs> but but I was saying this to a, f- a friend of mine, and he goes like, and as soon as I was telling him that, he goes like, yeah, Saint Cunagunda. And I said, what? He goes, Saint Cunagunda. She's like from the uh, the twelfth, the thirteenth century. I mean, or twelve hundred. She's like Saint Cunagunda. No one's ever heard of her. Yeah. Right. Well, she her she's sitting at the telethon. Her phone is not ringing, so she's very available. <laughs> and she's a saint, right? And I'm not saying that is your saint, Saint Cunagunda, but that's his saint. He he likes her. You know, we don't know a lot about her, but the thing is, at the end of the day, the intercession of the saints is a powerful gift that 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 uh, Jesus has given us in this church. To allow us to have this uh, this communion of people to walk with you through Lent, so get the assistance of the saint. It's always easier to do things uh, together in groups, and so maybe it's you and your 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 homies. It's your group of saints that are around you. My wife uh, Bess has got um, a little necklace that she has every day. It's like her army of saints. You know, that's getting bigger and bigger, you know, and it's like she's starting to hunch over more. Uh, it's not osteoporosis. It's, 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 uh, it's, she's got a bunch of saints, you know, on a necklace around her, medals around her neck. And it's just like those are the saints that she goes to uh, for the kids, like when she's praying for the kids and things. So having a relationship with the saints is another way to really make a lot out of your Lent. And I'll say, actually, like, you know, so we, we were talking about there's prayer, fasting, and abstinence, and we're kind of getting into that prayer point. Almsgiving. Uh, well, oh, I'm sorry. What prayer? I'm sorry. Thank prayer, you. Prayer, fasting, fasting and almsgiving. Giving. Abstinence is good. Abstinence and is good. But fasting and abstinence. Yes, yes, and almsgiving. Thank you. But we were kind of getting into that prayer part and talk, talking about the saints. And actually, I'll say for myself, and this has been going on for years now, over five years. I, I'm not sure how long. Uh, but our, our Blessed Mother, under the title of Our Lady Undoer of Knots, she's become the patroness of my Lent to where uh, when it comes to Lent, um, I will choose sort of the uh, – sometimes I'll have them in, in advance. I'll know what I'm going to do. Right. Uh, work that out with my spiritual director. Or I, I begin with the knot that I know is really bad, right, and really needs help. And I always zap it in the in – the, uh, at the end of the uh, novena in the confessional with my spiritual director and uh, and then go to the next knot. And like I said, sometimes it's planned in advance, but even when I have uh, the knots planned in, in advance – our Lady shows me all the other knots that are related that right. also need to be addressed, and I'll, I'll say that that's been a very powerful for me. Um, and, and doing just back to back five, back to back to back to back novenas to Our Lady Endure of Knots, culminating on um, you know going into uh, the Triduum. Uh, although I will also say, because that's not necessarily for everybody, in the most basic sense, there is a form of prayer that used to be at you know highly encouraged within the church that you don't hear much about as much. uh, And that is meditation and contemplation and setting aside 10 minutes, 15 minutes, 30 minutes, uh, depending on where you are, if you're already doing and your situation, right? If you've got, if you've got 15 kids, right. You're getting them ready for school. It's harder, you know, but, but maybe once they're at school, 
that's your time to stop and meditate. Yeah, and and, and just choosing some topic within the church, like uh, you know, I'm going to meditate on uh, uh, God's the fact that God is both three. Uh, he's one God and three persons. Or I'm going to meditate upon the fact that God is love. Or I'm going to meditate on the Immaculate Conception. I'm going to meditate on all these various things. That's a great way to focus. Or you can focus in on a on a scripture verse. There's not like just some. There there are, there are saints like Saint Teresa of Avila who provide great guidance as to how to engage in mental prayer. But the most important thing is you don't want to get caught up on in the whole. Am I doing this wrong? You know, yeah, like yeah. Just if you're setting aside time, if you move from not setting aside time from God to now uh, in prayer regularly to now setting aside prayer, silent time in prayer, where you are focusing yourself on God and you're making yourself available to hear God and to receive from God and, and doing that for 30 minutes a day, 15 minutes a day, whatever makes sense for you, that can be a life changing thing. And, and, and frankly, and if you're not praying each day, anyhow, I would say, you know, the church has said that 15 minutes of prayer a day is really sort of the minimum need for as a matter yeah. of justice. And God can do a lot in those 15 minutes, especially if you're moving. You're, you're, you, prior to this, you didn't really have much of a daily prayer life. Right, and that's the important thing. Like when you pray, um, it, it's, it's kind of like, you know, a, a radio operator. You know, you crank that antenna, goes yeah. up into the air. And when you do that, you're, you're, it's, a, it's a process. It's a, it's a planned event. You to to be able to communicate through the radio, you've got to have the antenna up, mm-hmm. right? And so if you're doing it out in the field or whatever, you you set up the antenna and you make it so that okay, now I'm ready to receive. I'm yes. ready to broadcast and receive. And the same thing with prayer, we need to do it with purpose and with meaning, right? Rather than like, and I'm not saying that you shouldn't use uh, the memorized or the the rote uh, prayers that have been written by many many great saints and, and our treasures of the church. But really, as you say, just be open to God's promptings and be available for God. Yeah, that's going to be an increase in your prayer life, and that'll be a, a bonus for Lent. Um, now, the second aspect of the prayer, the fasting, and the almsgiving is the fasting. Yeah, right. And um, and so fasting is something that's important because we we are creatures, and we creatures like our comforts. Yeah, right. And so when we are able to challenge our physical bodies. That also affects and challenges our spiritual uh, being, right? Because we we it, so fasting is actually a powerful, powerful tool that essentially puts our body into submission, mm-hmm. right? And that's that's not easy to do, but that's why it's an important aspect of Lent, right? So certainly we have the days where it's official. The church says you must fast Ash Wednesday and Good Friday, right? But to choose to fast on other days is a powerful, powerful tool. And it used to be required. I mean, it used to be that every day was a day of fasting for everybody within the church. And in fact, uh, you know, this, the practices were such to where it was like you would not eat more than eight ounces in a day. Uh, they would actually weigh what you were eating. Um, and and that was part of the standard of fasting, which is pretty intense, you know, especially yeah. people who have like uh, hardcore blue collar jobs or agricultural jobs that require, you know, heavy manual labor. Um, that is very intense. Um, and yet there's a lot of grace. And one thing that we kind of lose as a church when we're no longer doing that as a, as a church, we lose that sense of community because back then I'm sure people had a sense of yeah. we're all in this together. You know what I mean? And, and so... 
as a family, we can we might not be able to do that as much as a community and as a church, but as a family, that is something that can yes. be done. Saying, "Hey, we're going to choose a day a week that's going to be an extra day of fasting, and we're going to follow the church's guidelines for fasting." And I'm just asking everybody to do that with us, you know. And and you can, you know, right now in the in the, in the church, they've cha- changed it to where on Sundays. You can feast, you know what right. I mean. Like you don't have to, tr- you know. And and so some people approach that differently, but you can use it and say, like, listen, if we, if we were able to do uh, uh, an extra Saturday fast or an extra yeah. Wednesday fast, we'll do something extra special on Sunday. For well, example. and tied tied to the fasting, you'd mentioned um, uh, abstinence, and you didn't really mean to mention it at that time yeah. instead of almsgiving. But abstinence is tied uh, to uh, to fasting. Uh, and and is a spiritual practice that is also a Lenten practice traditionally. Yes. Um, and we used to uh, abstain from meats on all Fridays of the year. Right. Right. Because for, it's a it's a it's a Good Friday. Every every Friday of the year is a little Good Friday. Right. Yeah. Um, and so that that is is important, but still to have kind of a renewed interest in it. Right. You know, uh, and that's the we're giving something up during Lent. You know, t- traditionally it all kind of is tied to the fasting and abstinence part of things. So if you give up chocolate or if you give up uh, me, uh, you know, it's like I add to my list, but almost every year it's like well, I'm going to have to give up carbonated beverages. Sure. Well, because I drink too many of them and I, I know that. So it's like no Diet Coke, you know. Uh, and and th- those are little things that you can add into your your fasting and add into that your sort of Lenten uh, uh, things that you're doing because that's really gonna it's gonna pay spiritual benefits. Well, and also at the end of the day, what you're doing is you're you're proving to yourself that you don't need those things. Right, you're trusting God and saying, "Hey, God's coming through. He's making. He's giving me grace." And I'm actually realizing again, it's like the clean slate thing about confession. Yeah, you know, we we you know we aren't fixated on food constantly, right? And we start to realize I don't have to have like all these creature comforts. And another thing I want to point out because we're about to link into almsgiving, the final area. But I think there's actually a link here. There's a there's a golden thread that lines up prayer and. Uh, Fasting and, and uh, almsgiving, right? So, like prayers, where like we were talking about being in receive mode and uh, receiving the graces of prayer and receiving God in an intimate, personal way, and, and inviting Him into your life and inviting Him into your life, so to help you with your fasting and with your abstinence, right? Well, here's the thing that we, as we've discussed, I think we discussed this last week. Even love desires an object. God is love, and when we're inviting love to move through our life. Sometimes we can get caught up if it's all about us and I need to give up chocolate because that's my victory. That's yeah. a that's a it's all about me. You're going to start this with wrong psychology. Whereas like let's say you've got a family member who has cancer or is struggling with something very personal to them like a it could be a fertility issue, could be anything like that where you're just like you know this is somebody that you love who's asking for prayers, right? And then you right. could say okay, I'm giving up chocolate for Lent. And Lord, I'm offering it up for this person and choose or for this yeah, cause or this 100%. intention. What a powerful thing to do. It's 100%. I agree with that. In fact, again, I'm going to talk about St. Bess, my wife. You know, typically what she'll end up doing is she'll give up multiple things during Lent. Yeah. And it's usually tied with whatever the kids are giving up. Oh. In fact, one of my daughters said the other day, why do you always give up what Mary gives up? 
Yeah. But it's not, and, and it's like not just what Mary gives up. It's like what other ones. So they say, I think I'm going to do this. It's like, okay, mom's going to do that with you kind of a thing. It's like, wow. So there's, there's, there's a lot of spiritual power in all of this thing. And the almsgiving is tied to the, the, the fasting and absence. Cause again, it's, it's about relieving yourself of the burdens of ownership of yeah. of material things of of holding on to stuff of trusting in your own wealth yes right for security and things like that where we need to start turning towards god and almsgiving obviously there's a benefit to the poor and the disenfranchised because they're being blessed by your gift mm-hmm. but at the same time you're being blessed by the release of what is the yoke that's around your neck and the other thing is, like, so a lot of parishes, they do things like the rice bowl, and people might say, oh, that seems like a very sort of uh, a silly practice. No, I mean, it's a great practice insofar as it can help you say, all right, I'm going to consciously save money for the yeah. poor. I'm going to be more careful about how I spend, and I'm going to start asking myself, do I need this, and can I set this aside to serve those in need, and then also, if some if some of you might be like, guys, you don't understand how in debt I am. I have no money. Like almsgiving is not an option. If that's the case, you can also give the gift of your time. For example, you can ask your pastor, what are the things in Lent where I can serve the poor? You know, with yeah. my time. Um, and and even at the end of the day, just making yourself available to God. Say like, help me serve the other, and especially those in need. I don't know how I can fulfill almsgiving. Show me the way, Lord, and God yeah. will give you something that you can do. And I, I think one last challenge that we can offer here from the uh, from the Catholic Cafe is to see um, these three things: prayer, fasting, and almsgiving, as sort of a Lenten tripod. Yeah, and doing all three. Yes, do something in all three. Don't separate them and go like, "Well, this year I'm going to focus on the fasting." Right. You know, it's like, well, well, good, but do your fasting prayerfully. Yeah. Right, and also fast from the the uh, monetary things that you think you need, and, yes. and help others. I mean, you, and when you tie all these things together, then you realize it's not three separate things, but li- literally three legs of a tripod. Yes, and with only two of them, you're going to fall over. Right, right. You need all three of these, and there's wisdom in the church. And so, this can be that Lent you've been waiting for. Right, trust in God. Believe that God has a plan for you. Open yourself up. Communicate. Uh, be be uh, willing and, and open to receive His grace. Uh, and I promise you, it'll be a, a Lent that you will never forget because it'll be that one you've always been trying to get. You know, it's like I want that. I want that the perfect Lent. And and again, when you have the perfect Lent, you're not necessarily going to broadcast it like, man, this has been an <laughs> awesome Lent. It, but you're going to have a, a super blessed Easter because of that. That's what we're ultimately preparing for. And we need to have all the angels and saints with us again. Let's ask the Blessed Mother to be with us on this Lenten journey. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Holy Mary, Mother Mother of God, God, pray pray for for us sinners, sinners, now at the hour of our our death. death. Amen. St. Cunegunda, pray Pray for for us. us. Thanks for listening to The Catholic Cafe. If you'd like to contact Deacon Jeff, send him an email at deaconjeff at thecatholiccafe.com. Visit us on the web at thecatholiccafe.com. You can also find us on iTunes or follow us on Facebook and Twitter. The Catholic Cafe is brought to you by the Order of Malta Federal Association. Join us again at the Catholic Cafe, serving up salvation one cup of coffee at a time.